The Atlanta Braves have some big holes to fill in the lineup this offseason, obviously one being shortstop, but another one that may be even more critical is the left field position. We're going to take a look at some of the internal options, which honestly aren't great. And so we'll turn our attention to some external options in free agency and trade where the Braves could go to improve the left field position going into 2023 and beyond. We'll also get into a little bit of a news where we yet again have the front office telling us that they want to be a top five payroll, but will they go over the tax? We'll discuss all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. Make sure you download the Locked On Sports Atlanta app on Roku and Amazon Fire devices. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube as well. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter for now at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send over any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new watching us on YouTube, do me a favor and go ahead and subscribe. And if you're watching in general, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We're going to continue to post episodes daily throughout the offseason, so plenty of offseason Braves coverage right here on Locked On Braves. And I know there's a, a lot of great podcasters, bloggers out there for the Atlanta Braves. I appreciate you making me part of your routine, and I encourage you to go check out all the great spots over there, the spots that cover the Braves, the great Braves uh, great Braves podcasts that are out there. Don't limit yourself to just this one, but I do appreciate you coming and giving me a listen here. Today, we're going to strictly focus on left field. We're going to look at the left field options, both internally and externally, and what the Braves might do to fill that hole this offseason. Because let's be honest, left field was a pretty big uh, sore spot for the Atlanta Braves last year. Honestly, you look production-wise, both left and right field were pretty bad for the Braves, obviously with Acuna DHing a lot for the Braves last year because of injury. But left field and right field both ranked 18th in all of baseball in OPS, so certainly an area of improvement there for the Atlanta Braves. Um, I'm going to talk about the internal options first, and then we're going to go into the external options. If you have some external options, go ahead and be putting those in the chat, and we'll discuss those later on. I got a lot of great comments on Twitter as well that we'll go through. But I want to start out with the internal options, and the first one being Eddie Rosario. Uh, Braves signed Eddie Rosario last offseason after a heroic performance by him last postseason, in the 2021 postseason, where he was NLCS MVP. Unfortunately, 2022 was a lost season for Eddie Rosario. He Basically couldn't see, and obviously that affects your ability to hit a baseball. He ended up slashing 212, 259, 328 with five home runs and 250 at-bats. After coming back from the eye surgery, had a pretty large sample size, 206 at-bats, and he did a little bit better, 243, 281, 379, but still just an 81 WRC+. And it was the strikeouts that were still highly concerning. 
We know he's not going to walk a ton, but a 5.4% walk rate and a 26.2% strikeout rate. Now, that strikeout rate was a career high for him and way above his norm where it's been uh, traditionally 14 to 18% um, over the last five years has been his strikeout rate. So we're talking you know, 10% higher than what it typically was. Obviously, a lot of that having to do with his eyesight early on, but even when coming back, still wasn't great. The strikeouts um, did not go down at all. But certainly, you know, adjusting after that eye, that's why that eye surgery is why I pretty much just call it a lost year for Eddie Rosario. You look at his other metrics, his batted ball profile, everything else was pretty much normal. So I could see him having a bounce back year. You cut down on those strikeouts, you know, put some more balls in play. Obviously, you're going to see those numbers go back up where, you know, I think he could be a 255 average hitter. He's not going to be more than a 310 on base guy. Um, but you know, 15 to 20 home runs, depending on the amount of playing time he gets. So I could see him having a bit of a bounce back year offensively, um, but he's also not very good defensively. He doesn't give you much out there. So even while I do see him, you know, being better offensively, it's hard for him to be worse than what he was. Still not somebody I necessarily trust out in left field every day for me. Right now, Eddie Rosario is a, a left-handed platoon bench bat. Um, as a left-handed platoon player, you're probably going to start you know, the majority of the time, but I do see him more as a, a left-handed bench bat, platoon-type option for left field, not an everyday guy. Next player on the roster is Marcel Ozuna. I personally don't believe Marcel Ozuna is on the roster come opening day, but as of now, uh, we will continue as if he will be. And I don't think he should see outfield grass again. It just pains me to watch him out there. It, it physically hurts me to see him try and throw a baseball. I don't know how he does it. It just looks like it hurts when he tries to throw a baseball. So he gives you nothing defensively to me. Whatever Marcel Ozuna is going forward, he's a DH. He is pretty good when he makes contact. You look at his batted ball profile, and I mean, he's in the upper percentile and average exit velocity, hard hit percentage. However, the consistency of which he makes contact is not very good. And there's just a lot of really bad mixed in with small spurts of, of really good. And look, I believe you put Marcelo Zuna in a lineup and you let him play 140 games that he'll probably hit 25 to 30 home runs. But, you know, it's the, it's the in-between. What else do you give me? He doesn't put the ball in play. He strikes out a lot. Braves already have enough of that. He doesn't get on base he doesn't walk a lot he doesn't have any speed to speak of and he can't play in the field there's one thing that Marcelo Zuna does well and that's he hits the baseball really hard when he does hit the baseball and like I said I still think as an everyday DH he'll hit 25 30 home runs but doesn't give you much else outside of that and you know for what the Braves are paying him that's just really not worth it I think Alex I think maybe even before Alex can do anything this offseason he needs to figure out what they're going to do with Ozuna and whether or not they can trade him and save any kind of money there. So I personally don't see him as a left field option. Um, Braves obviously just DFA'd Guillermo Heredia. Um, he's obviously not an everyday guy. They did trade for Sam Hilliard, another guy. Um, low average, hard, hard contact, high strikeout rate type of player that the Braves seem to really enjoy right now and have a lineup full of. Um, he does at least walk 
at a decent clip. And he seems like a left-handed replacement for Heredia in my mind. He can play all three outfield spots and give some pop off the vent bench from the left-hand side with perhaps a little bit more upside offensively. If the Braves can uh, unlock something with him, who's still just 28 years old, then perhaps Sam Hilliard has a little bit of upside. But I still view him as a you know bench player. I think he kind of takes over that Heredia spot off the bench as a, a defensive replacement that can come off the bench and give you a little bit of pop from the left side. Now, those are the main internal options right now, and they're they're not great, certainly. But I mentioned Von Grissom just because I'm not sure if he can even play the position. I, I feel like he can, and we do know that they at least practiced him out there a little bit last year. Now, reports say right now that Von Grissom is in New Orleans for a three-week stint to work with Ron Washington at shortstop in case they don't sign Dansby Swanson. I love this, and I've been saying all along, I, I trust the scouts and the player and the people that watch him, you know, day in and day out in the minor leagues. I unfortunately don't have the bandwidth to do that throughout the regular season covering the the major league team. But he's 21, and for scouts and evaluators to say he can't handle the shortstop position at the big league level, I just think it's a little premature to say that. And I'm not, I don't know that he ever will, but I'm glad to see the Braves putting in good effort and a concerted effort. Uh, to really help him develop there, to see can he be the future shortstop of the Braves? Can um, you know? Can the Braves put him at shortstop and then just solely focus on getting a left fielder this offseason? So, but on the flip side of that, if they don't, you know, they try it out there. They they continue to let him work there, and they just see he he can't handle the position full time. Maybe as a part time player at shortstop, then I think you got to start developing developing him as a an outfielder just to make him versatile because I do love Von Grissom in that Chris Taylor type role where he can play all over the field and I I feel like he's going to hit he's going to be a good hitter so again if you you find or you you decide okay he's not going to be able to make it full time as a shortstop unless develop him into that super utility type of role make him more versatile where he can play the outfield corner outfield positions he can play all over the infield that to me could be become a very valuable role for Von Grissom. And then lastly, I want to mention Justin Henry Malloy. I don't think he would be ready to start the year as the Braves left fielder. He has just 600 minor league at bats in two seasons, but he did end last year at triple a spent a good time, a bit of that time last year at double a. And then he played in the Arizona fall league where he had really good numbers as well as we talked about on yesterday's podcast. So there's a chance, you know, there's a really long chance, I guess, that he could open the year in the Braves outfield. I don't think that happens, but, you know, perhaps later on in the year, we could see him get an opportunity. Really good plate discipline. His walk rate got better as he advanced levels. However, just my brief look at him, I watched him a couple of times in person this past year, and just what I hear from other scouts and talent evaluators, not very good defensively and still has a long way to go there. So, Again, you'd be getting another left fielder that just doesn't give you much defensively. So those are the internal options that the Braves have right now. Again, none of those really great. And that's why I almost see left field as a bigger need than shortstop because if you feel like Grissom can handle it defensively, I think Grissom is going to hit. I feel you know pretty comfortable uh, with him at the plate. 
So I think there's a somewhat of a solution there. I don't, I don't love it. I would rather upgrade shortstop and left field, but just the options internally you have in left field don't inspire me at the moment. So let's turn our attention to some external options next. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's super customizable, not a situation where you have to purchase things you don't need in order to get certain things you want. The system integrates well into your home and it's easy to self-install, so no need to schedule an appointment with a technician to have them come out and then install bulky, bulky unit that messes up your home's design. I got some bulky units from security systems back in the day still uh, messing up my house that I need to replace and get rid of. Uh, Simply Safe, it can compro- it can move with you even after you move. Uh, just take the elements out into your new place. It's as easy as that. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash MLB and save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, moving to the external options, probably what most of you are sticking around for. I'm going to go ahead and knock one off the list, and that is Aaron Judge. It's just not happening. I just don't see the Braves spending that type of money to get Aaron Judge. So while he's at the top of the list of outfielders, I'm going to go ahead and knock him off. Next on that list of free agents is Brandon Nimmo, projected to get five years, $110 million, which is $22 million average annual value. Now, if it's an either-or situation, if the Braves can only make one big splash, they want to stay under the luxury tax or you know not go over it by a ton, it's hard for me to see them spending $22 million a year on Brandon Nimmo and not Dansby Swanson. Now, maybe Dansby Swanson gets $25 million a year. I've kind of been set that $22 is the max for Dansby Swanson, but perhaps I'll be proven wrong there. But I do like the player of Brandon Nimmo. It's not the typical type of hitter the Braves go after. Nimmo's 29. He was in the uh, 57th percentile in average exit velocity and 48th percentile in hard hit percentage. Again, not typically the type of hitter the Braves go after, but what he does do is he doesn't chase, he doesn't swing and miss, he doesn't strike out, he walks, he can run, he gets on base, a career 385 on base percentage. Look, I love the home runs for the Braves, and I talked about this all year long. I've talked about it for years. Even I was writing on Tomahawk Take, talking about this offense, and it's it's boom or bust. I think you got to start mixing in a couple of guys like a Brandon Nimmo who can just get on base, and they're on-base machines. You know they're going to have a 350 or more on-base percentage. You know they're going to take their walks, put the ball in play. I think you got to have some more guys like this in the lineup. Obviously, you'd love to have, have guys like that, and guys that can still hit home runs. Nimmo's going to give you 15, 20 home runs a year. Um, but what he does do well, he works the count, gets on base, uh, and is just a pest uh, at the plate. So would be a change in philosophy for the Braves offense. Again, and I'm, I kind of doubting they're willing to pay you know more than $20 million a year for Brandon Nimmo. I would be a little um, – it would be a little bit risky for me as well to make that type of commitment to Nimmo. Now, next on the list is Andrew Benintendi. He's projected at four years, 54 million, 13 and a half 
AAV. He's 28 years old. And to me, you look at his baseball savant page, he's very similar to Brandon Nimmo, but he's cheaper and younger. So if you're going to go with this type of player, I, I got to go with Andrew Benintendi. I mean, he cost almost half as less as, as what Nimmo is projected to get. And, you know, he, he gives you basically the same thing. Now, only five home runs last year, so not a lot of power, but he has hit 15 home runs or more in three seasons. So, you know, I think at, at full strength at his best, you know, Benintendi is going to give you 15 to 20 home runs. You know, he's going to get on base a ton. And uh, again, if you're going to go for that type of hitter, I just think Benintendi is a much better value. And it's somebody that I like for the Braves. Now, Mitch Hanniger projected at three years, 39 million, a 13 million a average annual value. He is different from the other two. He's different from Nim Nimmo and Benintendi. He's also 31 years old. And he's more like your typical Braves hitter. He hits the ball hard. He strikes out. Um, he strikes out a lot. Doesn't walk. Not a high on base guy, but you know, potential twenty-five to thirty home run hitter. He's also not great defensively either. Um, you know, obviously would like somebody with a little bit better defense, which Benintendi and Nimmo would give you. So I don't love the Mitch Haniger um, idea, in my opinion. Out of those three, which probably are the the best three outfield options other than judge. I would go towards Benintendi. Now, a couple of others on this list, Jerickson Profar projected at two years, 20 million doesn't strike out. He does walk, but he doesn't hit the ball hard. 22nd percentile and average exit velocity, 19th percentile and hard hit percentage. So I'm not a fan of the Jerickson Profar move, at least not as your everyday player. I wouldn't mind him as a, a bench player and a switch hitter, um, but not as an everyday left fielder. Michael Brantley, a guy that I've been wanting the Braves to get for five years now, I think. Um, projected at one year, $15 million. So that's a little bit of a high AAV, even though it is a one-year deal. Um, 35 years old, so obviously getting up there. He's had two shoulder surgeries, so there's a bit of a concern there. Missed a ton of last season. But you look at what he's done in his career, and even what he did last year you know, before the injury, other than 2016, when he only played in 11 games, he's hit 284 with a strikeout rate below 15% and every other season since 2012. The guy just consistently hits. I mean, he is just the definition of a professional hitter. You know he's going to hit 280. You know he's going to have you know 340, 350 on base, and he's going to give you 10 to 15 home runs. So you, you know what you're going to get out of him. I question his ability to play left field, especially with two shoulder surgeries now. He may just be a DH at this point, but I had to mention him because I love Michael Brantley as a player, and I've been wanting the Braves to get him for years. All right, last one on the free agent list, and then we'll go through quickly some of the trade possibilities. Michael Conforto projected one year, 15 million, 29 years old, didn't play all of last year because of injury, and I think partly because he had that qualifying offer attached to him before that. He does take his walks, high on base percentage guy, doesn't chase, but he will strike out. However, the difference between you know him and Nimmo and uh, Benintendi is he does show 25, 30 home run power. So I like Michael Conforto. I wanted the Braves uh, to get him last year, even with that qualifying offer attached to him. But obviously that injury scared a lot of teams off and ended up knocking him out for the year. But I do like Conforto. However, I worry about, him not playing at all last year and coming back from that and being a little rusty, but 
what he does, you know, again, it's that good combination of a guy who gets on base and hits for power. Uh, certainly wouldn't mind that in the Braves lineup. So those are the free agents. I'm going to go through some of the trade options, or, or no, these are a couple more free agents. Sorry. So these are platoon, more platoon type players. Joey Gallo, 28, walks a lot, strikes outs a lot, hits the ball hard a lot. Your prototypical Braves hitter. Uh, certainly would it be a bounce back candidate on a one year prove it type of deal. I don't love the idea, but if the Braves wanted to go for a cheap option and hope that they, you know, hit a home run, uh, then Joey Gallo could be a possibility there. Will Myers, who several people have mentioned on the last couple of podcasts, 31 years old, 815 OPS against lefties, um, 828 uh, the year before that. So again, you're looking at a platoon option. I think Will Myers, you know, on a, a one-year deal at a eight, nine million, maybe. Um, I think could be a good option. You pair him with Eddie Rosario. I think that'd be a good platoon partner. Um, then, you know, is Adam Duvall come back and play? Is he better than than Adam Duvall? You know, he's also going to give you really good defense. So uh again, I think Will Myers, Adam Duvall, both really good platoon options with Rosario. And then AJ Pollock, 34 years old. So he's on up there and he has had you know, his career has been riddled with injuries, but he crushes left-handed pitching. He had 935 OPS against lefties last year. So, again, could be another solid platoon option, but I think he's going to get paid maybe a little bit more than what the Braves would want to play for a strictly platoon guy. All right, now a couple of trade options. Obviously, we don't know exactly what who's available in trades. These are just some names that I came up with. Randall Gritchick. Uh, expected to make 10.3 million in 2023 and then become a free agent hit 926 or had a 926 OPS against lefties last year. Again, this is somebody I was kind of targeting at this past trade deadline, just because of his splits. Again, you could pair him with Rosario and left field and get a pretty good platoon situation there. Anthony Santander from the Orioles, still just 28 years old, a switch hitter who was better against lefties last year. Uh, two years of control left for him, so might be a little bit more expensive prospect-wise. Uh, not great defensively. Hits the ball hard. Decent strikeout and walk percentages, but not great there. Hunter Renfro is an interesting one. 31 years old next season. Projected to make $11.2 million in his final year of arbitration. Hits the ball hard. Strikes out a lot. Doesn't walk a lot. Um, good outfielder with a strong arm. So, again, kind of profiles to the type of bat that the Braves like. I mentioned Brian Reynolds just because I'm sure somebody's going to mention him in the chat or comments. Pirates said they won't trade him. Even if they were going to trade him, I don't think the Braves have the prospect capital that it would take to get him. Uh, Ian Happ, another guy that I really liked for this past trade deadline, just 28 years old, projected to make around $10 million in his final year of arbitration. Not sure what the Cubs are going to do in 2023, whether or not they're going to go for it or what. So I don't know if Happ would be available, but Decent batted ball percentages, good on base guy with 20 home run power potential, solid defensively, switch hitter, had even splits last year, but he's been much better against right-handed pitchers in his career. So, you know, somebody that could play the majority of the time against right-handed pitchers as a left-handed batter. Um, so I like that ability with Ian Happ. And then Alex Verdugo, again, I don't know what the Red Sox are going to do. And Verdugo has two years of control left, projected to make $7 million in arbitration, so might cost a good bit in prospects to get him. But a left-handed hitter, I think, could still be an everyday option. 
Uh, doesn't chase, doesn't strike out, but doesn't walk a lot either and doesn't hit the ball hard consistently. But still feel like, you know, could be a 280, 340 hitter with 10 to 15 home runs, kind of similar to what we were looking at with, you know, an Andrew Benatendi or somebody like that would be a little bit cheaper and have some control with him. So, again, not, don't know exactly right now what's available in trades. Those are just some of the names I come up with. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more in the chat and in the comments section below. But let me know out of those external options that I just mentioned, both free agents and trades, who you like the most. If I had to pick, I'd probably go with Andrew Benintendi. I think he's going to be more cost-effective. I think he's going to give the Braves an on-base guy that they need and somebody that you know can still hit for a decent amount of power as well and give you some solid defense in the left field and can hold the position every day. And I think that affords you the ability to go out and still do something at shortstop. So Benintendi would probably be my pick if you were going to go cheap. You know, I could see, you know, taking a shot on, you know, trading for a Hunter Renfro or, you know, signing a Will Myers and just pairing them with Rosario. All right, next, I want to take a look at some of your comments and get you some news as well, including a, another comment from the Braves front office saying that they got the money and they want to spend it. We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, NFL, boxing, NBA, golf. They got everything over there. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. A couple of news items, and I'm going to get through some of the, the comments in the chat, chat section. Liberty Media President and CEO Greg Moffey said at an investor day that I fully expect the Braves to be in the top five. We can afford it. Pretty strong words. Again, we've heard that from the front office already this offseason, and yet, you know, David O'Brien saying that he's been told that they don't want to go into the luxury tax. In my mind, you can't be a top five team in payroll and not go into the luxury tax. So while it's great to hear them say that, it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it type of situations. And I hope that's the case because I hope they can go out and, and sign a shortstop, you know, sign Dansby Swanson, sign Andrew Benintendi, um, maybe get another another starter for the rotation. Would love to see them be able to go out and do all of that, but you can't do that unless you're willing to go into the luxury tax. Um, also, Braves Fest is coming back for the first time since uh, 2000. Team announced today it will be at Truist Park on January 20th and 21st. So if you uh, missed out on that and enjoyed that in the past, it is coming back. Uh, I'm going to get to some of the chat. I'm not going to have time to get to all these. If I don't get to yours, please uh, write it in the comment section on YouTube, and I'll be sure to answer you there. Uh, Docs fan says, if the Diamondbacks are willing to trade Alec Thomas, that wouldn't be a bad idea depending on price. The Diamondbacks just made a move for an outfielder and Kyle Lewis, um, and they have some others as well. Dalton Varsho, the one that came to mind. But like you said, I think the prices for you know, Varsho or an Alec Thomas is probably going to be more than what the Braves can offer. Um, Regardless of what we talked about yesterday when I went over prospects, the industry doesn't value the Braves' prospects. I think they have some hidden gems in there that by this time next year, I think we'll start moving up prospect rankings. But just as, as things stand right now, 
I don't know that a lot of people think highly of a lot of the Braves prospects, and that comes into play whenever trying to make trades like that. Um, Mark Bibb says Grissom could be Chris Taylor. How about it? I've been that's what I've been shouting all offseason. I hope the Braves keep him as a Chris Taylor or what they've even done with Gavin Lux now, a guy that can play outfield, infield. You know he's going to hit wherever you play him. I certainly hope that's the role that Von Grissom plays going forward if they think he can't be an everyday shortstop. Um, JK says there's only one answer, correct answer for left field, and that's Aaron Judge. I hate to break it to you, buddy. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Josh Daniels scouts and people saying he's not an everyday shortstop. Uh, Wash is going to fix it all in three weeks. Not a good thing. Um, look, if anybody can fix Von Grissom, it's Ron Washington. So I'm glad they're at least giving him a shot to do so. We'll see what happens. Uh, MLB's competition committee has voted to implement a pitch clock, larger bases, and band defenses shift starting in 2023, 15-second clock with bases empty. Yeah, a lot of rule changes coming for next year. I think the defensive shift is one that is certainly going to change the game up quite a bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see how those players are viewed this offseason when it comes to uh, looking at specifically left-handed hitters. Um, Looking at a couple more comments here, then we got to get out of here. Uh, be be ever even better if the Braves sign Correa and Rondon. Yeah, look, if you're going to go over the tax, you're going to spend big, then yeah, money's not an option. Go get Correa. Go get uh, Nimmo. Go get Carlos Rodon, and, and let's roll. Let's win another World Series. Certainly would love to see that happen. Uh, Z Corp says, I expect the Braves to fill their void at shortstop, whether that be Swanson, another top-tier free agent, or even Von Grissom. Yeah, I mean, they have Von Grissom, so that is the, you know, the season started today, that's the answer. But I do think they go fill it, you know, either with bringing Danzy back, maybe trading for somebody if they are trying to stay under the tax. Um, yeah, Josh, I mentioned A.J. Pollock. I think that'd be good as a platoon partner, a platoon-type player, but I think he may get paid more than a platoon-type player. Um there's been too much chatter from Liberty Media and Terry McGurk about being a top five payroll. They talk about how well the Braves are doing. It would be ridiculous for them not to spend money. I agree with JK on that comment. Look, they've, they've made too much. They've done too much. They've said too much at this point for the Braves not to just go out and not spend stupid money, but go out and, and, and fill the holes in this team to give them a shot to win a series with, the contracts they already have locked up uh, with the talent that they have and with the success that the battery has had and over 3 million in attendance last year, it would be pretty ridiculous for them uh, to not go out and spend money. Joe Meese says that John Henry Malloy is the future in left field, in my opinion. Um, yeah, possibly. Um, again, I think he needs to work more defensively, but I think he could be an option in the future. Um, Christopher Chaffee says, I like Ian Happer. The Braves could get him. Hitting from both sides of the plate is key. I do like that ability, and especially I like that he's been better against righties. Um, so I certainly like the Ian Happ possibility as well. I really wanted him at the deadline. Certainly wouldn't mind. Again, I don't know what the Cubs are going to do. That's why it makes trade options right now kind of hard to come up with, but I like Ian Happ as a possibility for sure. 
All right, that will do over this episode of a Locked On Braves. Be sure to comment in the comment section down below if I didn't get to your question or if you have any others and anything you want to talk about. Enjoy those conversations there on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make sure that you check out the Locked On MLB podcast where host Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Speaking of big stories, Paul Goldschmidt won the NL MVP. Um, Aaron Judge obviously won the AL MVP. Austin Riley finished sixth in the MVP voting. Uh, Dancy Swanson, Michael Harris got votes as well. So I want to make sure I mention that before we get out of here. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that over at Locked On MLB as well. So make sure you make them your second listen of the day. Again, thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen. Go follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Follow me at Shortstop Ball. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 